you went through something that is just i it's almost hard to to like put into words <laughs> for me because to see you so strong and see you the way you handled yourself you are the epitome of grace of strength of everything that i think a woman is and like to see you um you know be diagnosed with breast cancer and then to see you honestly step on that field three months later in our last game honestly it'll probably tear me up right now but like I, I can't even, I know this isn't even a question. It's just a statement. I'm just letting you know how I feel about you is unbelievable. Tone dog, Tony Presley, mother of three dogs and just an amazing vegan cook, an FSU alum, a Gucci main loving human. And just overall, one of the greatest people, and most importantly, a breast cancer survivor, Tony Presley. Welcome to Two Wash Ups, One Pro. You are obviously the pro here. Hi, ladies. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you in uh, this whole uh, COVID nonsense? Oh, you know, it's it's getting better. Uh, definitely at the beginning of it, when everything was so new and fresh and in kind of wild I was going a little crazy but I think I've kind of gotten into the swing of this new normalcy and still don't really leave the house only for training but um yeah just trying to make do and make the the best out of it I, I suppose as anyone would really yep yep that makes sense yeah I had to um so my wi-fi at my house so I'm home in North Carolina and like is just absolutely terrible so I'm at my best friend's house in North Carolina and I was like, I texted her, I was like, do you like want me to wear a mask? <laughs> and she was like, that's <laughs> you. I was like, okay, I just like feel like that's just like a question you you have to ask in 2020. It's an I accessory. Know. It's an accessory. It is. We should get like sponsored. People should get sponsorships to put on the mask. I feel like people are going to make money off that. Yeah. That's such you know, a like smart idea. Like, I that idea. I know. So like, if you want to go into a business. Duncan. We're trying to get a Duncan plug here. <laughs> We're trying to get it. I mean, if anyone can get the Duncan plug, it's you, Joe. Uh, I was so close in Orlando, and then I, my whole body fell apart, and I had to retire. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other story. Whole other story. Awesome. So we'll just kind of, I just kind of want you to walk us briefly through kind of the, the moment that you kind of fell in love with soccer and, and kind of, you know, the beginnings of, of your love and passion of the game. Gosh, so I, I started playing soccer when I was probably about – five or six years old um and I think just right away like I loved it um it was all I was doing you know on the weekends and and having practices and trainings and going to tournaments and um I just <laughs> I guess I'm still pretty like naturally big but even back then like I was so, so much bigger than everyone so I was like oh like this is great like I can run around and it, it caught up to me, you know, in college, everyone's, you know, big and fast in college. So didn't really work out then, but, um, yeah, I just, I loved it ever since I was little and, uh, you know, I'm grateful that my mom put me in it and, um, I was pretty good at it and, you know, got to go to college for it and mm -hmm. see the world. And here I am like eighth year, I think eight or ninth year as a professional and still chugging along. 
do you feel like because you were so taught such a young age did you feel like you were like maybe I need to try basketball or volleyball or did you ever like get pushed into that my mom actually did put me in I remember I went to like a volleyball camp and it was really fun I still actually really love volleyball like I think it's so much fun and then she did put me in a basketball league at like the YMCA Mm -hmm. and I feel like by that time like all the kids I was playing with were already so good at basketball Mm -hmm. and I just like you know was I don't know behind a little bit so I was like ah maybe I'll just stick to soccer yeah that's really cool that's really really cool super cool so we know you're from Florida um obviously had a great career at FSU but looking back can you kind of talk us through your um oh gosh there goes Joanna with the uh seminal sign um (laughs) can you talk us through your recruitment process in high school and you know talking about you just said you were kind of a call it a bigger kid I, I was the same I'm pretty tall as well so I know that experience but um what recruitment was like um kind of the sacrifices you made growing up to kind of get to FSU was that what was the reasoning for why you went there and talk us through a little bit of that process as a young girl yeah so I I think the college uh recruitment process for me started um probably when I was like in ninth grade um actually committed <laughs> I actually committed to the University of Florida initially. Ooh. Um yeah, and that was kind of a really awkward conversation to be like, hey, you know, never mind. Um <laughs> I'm actually, you know, gonna retract my I don't even know, verbal commitment at that point. Um I think just like a lot of my my friends and I had been playing, you know, youth club games at Florida State and I was like, wow, like I really want to go here. Like I love the coaching staff. A lot of my friends who played soccer were going to go there. Um, so I quickly um, switched over to the to the Knowles. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, I don't know, in terms of sacrifices, um, I mean, Growing up and playing in high school, I guess there were just a lot of, you know, weekends. I didn't go to like high school parties or, or anything like that because obviously, like you know, we have tournaments, we have games, and and the sole focus at that point was um, using soccer as a vehicle to get into college. So you, sorry, so- Joe, but I have a follow up here. Do you, um, in high school or? considering where the league was when you were entering Florida State did you uh was that a thought going into college was it really just a platform to get into college or did you have some ultimate goal of like playing professionally and was that part of your decision Uh, I think like in the very back of my mind playing professionally was definitely um I don't know, something I was aspiring towards, but I think in that moment uh, um, and in the forefront, it was definitely just, uh, you know, getting into college, getting a degree, using soccer to to do that and continuing to play soccer in college. Um, I think it wasn't really until maybe my junior year that I was really thinking of um, professional soccer as the a real option. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird too, because I feel like, I'm sure you guys know, it's like when you're playing soccer, like all your life, you don't really know anything besides 
the sport and it just kind of like takes you where it takes you and you just don't really it's almost like for me I'm not like it just like takes me I don't know yeah (laughs) I feel like I feel like it's like a body surfing wave like like you just body surf and then it just underwater drowning keeps coming and coming and you can't get up but you get up you make, yeah. a couple you make a couple waves for you sure. You make a couple waves. That's super interesting. I do have, okay, so going back, I didn't realize that you undeverbally retracted commitment. Would that be, so I'm a North Carolina kid, obviously. Would that be the same as like me saying I'm going to Duke and then going to UNC? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Like, because I told, well, I told the, the, the Florida coach like, hey, yes, she's like, this is a scholarship. I was like, okay, I'll do that. Yep. And then, you know, obviously, like, I changed my mind. So I think I, like, sent a text message, which is obviously not the way to go. But, uh, you know, I was young and yep. awkward. And I yep. was like, like, hey, like, I don't think this is for me anymore. I'm sorry. And and then I kind of gave my commitment to Florida State. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Is, I love that. I had no idea I, that story. I what love that. better is that those coaches are still in place. Like the most I know. Cool. So you're like, you know, there's some beef there with like, I'm sure you're not the first and not the last that have fought in the state of Florida for kids. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So kind of, I know you, you've talked about like with conversations that we've had that becoming a vegan really helped transform your career. And I know you kind of said in college, you weren't, you know, eating the best and you felt like once you became a vegan, like your everything changed for you. Can you kind of walk through just that entire, like, how the hell did you do it? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, nutrition wasn't ever really something that I took seriously or used to enhance my performance. And I so wish that I was more educated about it, um, you know, even in college. Um, mm-hmm. But I suppose better late than never. Um, and I think it was our at the Orlando Pride, our 2016 season. Um, just like wasn't uh, going well for me for many different reasons. But um, I think one of the ways and kind of um, how I took control back um, Mm -hmm. was to really, I don't know, shift my diet. Um, Like I said, it's just something I could really take control of and manage and, and, feel confident and secure in that. So I, at that time, was primarily cooking for myself, mostly vegetarian meals. Um, When I was eating out, I would have like meat here and there. Um, So I was like, well, I'm not really cooking, you know, that much meat anyway. Why don't I just go vegan? Like, it sounded like a challenge and it was like something I had never really done before. And I was like, well, I can't, it's not really that much different than from being a vegetarian. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for it. And, and I did that in the off season and I saw like huge changes, like just in my body composition and, and my energy and the way I was sleeping and how I was feeling and how I was recovering. And I was like, wow, like this, like, could really be something that um like I do for like the rest of my life that's like I just like just to be like you know what it's vegan time (laughs) it is vegan time 
That's crazy. Changes in your like performance from like like you talk about energy, but I feel yeah. like there's always this like common right. Every athlete always thinks at a young age, I need to have all this protein and protein and protein. And obviously, in the vegan diet, that's a harder thing to achieve. Did you? Was it not? Was like? Were you seeing changes in your play at all based off your diet besides energy? I think just initially, like I noticed that like I wasn't getting as tired. Um, as quickly um and i think just the diet allowing me to like um you know get leaner and, and and tone up and just allowing me to you know just to run for longer like i said without getting tired as quickly and and then to recover better on top of that like not feeling as sore and um i think all of that just like helped me on the field did you feel sharp, like sharper mentally? I know that's like a strange question, but like when the when fatigue would start to set in, would you feel as if like you were able to be sharper up in your brain? I think so, and I think that kind of has to do with the fitness aspect as well. Yeah. Like just because I was yeah. able to be to get myself to a fitter place, um, and we all know, like you know, if we're not fit, like this first thing is to go is really like your, your mental capacity mm -hmm. and the way like you process and make decisions. So yeah, I definitely think, you know, I was making better decisions and I think just being fitter, um, had something to do with that. Just out of curiosity, like how, how is managing that? Um, obviously when you're home in Orlando, I'm sure you have a lot of control as to how to prep food and, and get yourself situated there. But when you're in season, is that kind of a hard, I, I feel like we're getting there, like offering more options for people that eat vegan, but I feel like it's not like necessarily national. Is that hard to manage when you're on the road and um, playing it in all these different states and trying to kind of stick to your diet? No, not at all. Um, so wherever we go, our nutritionist here will always make sure we have vegan options. Um, so the hotel we're staying at will always have, you know, um, a vegan option at our meals and you know if we're catering in it's it's never been an issue um they'll have they'll always have like post um training or game shakes for me um so yeah i i haven't found that it's been too difficult um and i think you know i just have help with that from our nutritionist and i think it just has come with time and learning and understanding of what things i can eat and can't eat um i think you know obviously like travel is it can be tricky especially when you're on flights for a long period of time you're like oh crap like i don't want to eat this this not so healthy airport food so i sometimes i'll like bring things with me and just um you know i think it's just being prepared really sometimes that really helps out yeah how the hell <laughs> you get the brazilian loving meat eating human being of marta to transition to veganism well i kind of like tricked her really i i was like hey like let's watch this documentary uh -huh. like, oh really i know what she's talking about <laughs> okay, it's, okay it's really interesting so uh -huh. i we watched um it was what the health uh-huh and after that she was like oh god and i was like yeah maybe just like try it for like a week and see mm -hmm. if you can do it like it was kind of like a little challenge uh-huh and then, um, and then, yeah, she's been doing it, I don't know, ever since for like almost 
maybe a year, year and a half. It's now. crazy because I remember people like being like, you got to have one of Marta's like barbecues. Like, yeah. And then I came and she became vegan and I was like, what the hell? Like didn't get one of the Brazilian <laughs> meals dishes, but that's blame me. Maybe I should watch that. It's called what? What's it what called? What the hell? What the hell? Is it on Netflix? You, Joanna. Because I think it'll mistake you. here. It'll test you. It'll test you. Yeah, what it will. The hell? Okay, I'm gonna give that a watch. I'll let you know how. Well, I, I don't eat red meat anymore. I haven't gotten to the vegan stage, but we'll see. <laughs> you know, every little bit counts. I know. I, know. I gotta try this vegan cake that Joanna raves about that you've made. Oh, oh the fun. Yes. Mm. You, you should see our notes. It's just like in caps, <laughs> vegan cake. <laughs> like I haven't gotten to make one in a while, but yeah. You have you thought of like legitly like making that like a thing like tony's vegan cake like or something like i don't know like po- like it's so good i know i should ali riley and i like we really want to make a cookbook so maybe i'll throw it in Dude, there. seriously it. seriously more vegan options like i think that's why i don't do it i don't know enough about i'm that. like i don't the only, I, that's why i could i would just order sanctum i'd order sanctum in orlando yeah. i love that place but it would i would look at my bank statement and be like i can't order sanctum every day no you can't do that can't do that <laughs> all right well um so when you were drafted out of college the league folded mm-hmm. unfortunately like so I imagine that was an experience um but I think what's really unique about you is obviously you've been playing now as you said eight years you've kind of seen the ebbs and flows you've even played abroad can you speak on one the experience of like finally getting there getting recognized drafted you're like ready to go then the league folds you're kind of back at zero Um, and kind of the evolution, I guess, of the NWSL through your experience of like how far we've come, but also how your career professionally has progressed through all these hurdles that were not really in your control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So end of senior year, um, got drafted to the Philadelphia, um, independence, so I would have played for Paul Riley. Um, and then the league folded and I was like, oh, well, crap. Like, what am I going to do now? So um, that kind of landed me in Western New York for a little bit before I um, headed over to Russia to play for a year, which like I really, really loved and enjoyed and had like a great time and great experience. And I went with one of my college teammates who was Russian, was, she is Russian American. (laughs) Um, And, and that made it like super helpful and made the transition so easy because she spoke the language and, and it really helped me out. And her grandparents lived in Moscow. So we would go to Moscow like all the time and like, just like, I don't know, have fun and like, just be young and like experience like, I don't know, life outside of America. Cause it was like really my first time living um, on my own in a different country, which was awesome. Um, and so, yeah, I was there for about a year and then um, the NWSL formed while I was over there. Um, and I knew that I wanted to come back. So I was like, okay, like when this season here is over, like how can I get back into the NWSL? Um, I think it was probably maybe early or mid-season at that point for the NWSL. And I came back and I started playing with the Washington Spirit. Uh, I was there for 
two years, got traded to Western New York. <laughs> Midway through that season, got traded to Houston. And um, and then I got picked up by Orlando when they, they formed a team. Um, so yeah, I've been in the Indibusel since, you know, the beginning and and just we've come, you know, such a long way, you know, from from venues and stadium quality to locker room quality to, um, you know, the minimum salary going up, you know, every year and, and just, you know, us demanding, you know, and wanting the standard of, of quality that we deserve. Um, and I think it's getting better and better every year. And it's pretty exciting to see, you know, where, where we are now and where we started. I just, that's like, just the cool honestly the coolest and most exciting but like windy road to being at a place where you feel like home I feel like now um which is really really cool I didn't I didn't realize uh you were in Houston for a hot split second and jumping all around I know we played because UNC always played the spirit in the spring Mm-hmm. So I knew you were with with the spirit then, but I didn't realize you um, bounced around. That that is tough. That is tough. I uh, can't imagine that. Now I do have one question. It's a silly question, but then I'll ask a serious <laughs> one. When you, because I know you're a fashionista, when you were in Russia, did you have one of those fur? Um, you probably know what they're called. You know the little hats that oh, they. Oh yes, yes. And you definitely um, had one. I. You know what? I did not. Tony. I know, I know. I did not have one. I had a I had a vest, but I don't have it anymore. Um but yeah, that's like a staple over there. It's like that's that what little, yeah. I don't even know what it's called, but that little circle yeah. for hat cap. I, mean, I need to find out what it's called because I could see you rocking that. I feel like I could see you rocking that. As long as there's a, a hole for the bun. <laughs> so like a headband is what yes. you need. Like a I just yeah. yes. Yes, just a headband. Um, so when you, like, how did you feel as soon as you would get settled in a place that you would have to jump ship again? How did, how did you mentally handle that? Because I, I was drafted by Boston. Boston folded. So I was kind of in that same situation, but it wasn't like the league folded. Mm-hmm. How did you handle that mentally? Um, how did I handle the league folding? in just the league folding and then just jumping from Houston to all around the league? Well, I guess I didn't really know any better when the league mm-hmm. folded because I had been in college, you know, for the mm-hmm. four years. So I was just like, okay, well, where do I go next? Like, because mm-hmm. it would have been my first experience next. So I, I will say it is tough being traded and having to like uproot yeah. everything and pack everything and leave and and kind of get settled somewhere else and you don't know, you know, how long you'll be there. And especially Mm -hmm. with, you know, the rules and, um, in the NWSL, you could, you, I don't know, you never really know how long you are for somewhere. So, um, I don't, I guess I feel pretty lucky to be in Orlando as long as I have been, um, considering, and especially being from Florida, it's nice to be back and, um, yeah, hopefully I, I'll be here for a little bit longer. Yeah. I just, I loved, I loved my year in Orlando. It was, it was awesome. It really was, even though on the field, it wasn't great, but off the field, I I loved it. And I, (laughs) I loved, I loved it all. I miss it a lot, but um, that's a side note. Speaking of my tenure last year, 
you went through something that is just i it's almost hard to to like put into words <laughs> for me because to see you so strong and see you the way you handled yourself you are the epitome of grace of strength of everything that i think a woman is and like to see you um you know be diagnosed with breast cancer and then to see you honestly step on that field three months later in our last game honestly it'll probably tear me up right now but like I, I can't even, I know this isn't even a question. It's just a statement. I'm just letting you know how I feel about you is unbelievable. So uh, I, really, I don't want to really ask. I just want you to kind of walk us through kind of just from square one, kind of what kind of happened, your feelings and just kind of everything. It's really the, the floor is yours. Okay. Well, square one. Okay. Um, you're going to make me tear up, Joe. Oh, uh, oh sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean that. So, um, well, you remember Ricky Keene, yes. our nutritionist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, she, one day she came in to speak to us, um, mm -hmm. you know, about breast cancer and, and her experience because she had just been through the whole process um, and had surgery. And, um, and I mean, we were like absolutely floored and yes. like shocked because like she's, you know, so healthy, so fit. And, um, I think that was kind of eye opening for a lot of us. Um, and then especially me, because at that time I had already been feeling, um, I guess symptoms, if mm -hmm. you will, like, um, achiness, tenderness. Mm -hmm. Um, I did feel like a little lump, probably like the size of a little bit bigger than like a pea, maybe. Okay. E sides and um I was like hmm like maybe I should just go to the doctor mm -hmm. um because after hearing her speak and then kind of recognizing what was going on with me and in the changes in my body I was like huh like the light bulb kind of went off and it probably wasn't until like a month later that I um finally like made the appointment and went in to see Dr. Greaves, like our, our team gynecologist, and like, hey, like this is what's going on. Um, what do you think? Um, and she sent me to go get a mammogram mm -hmm. and had a mammogram and it was like awful. Um, <laughs> like on this, on, so I only had cancer in my right breast. And so mm -hmm. on that side, when they did the imaging with the mammogram, it was like the most painful thing like ever in life wow um the other side was fine but i was a bit scarred from from the right side wow. um so after that was done um and got my imaging back and results they then told me that i needed to get a biopsy mm -hmm. so went and got a biopsy um probably like a week maybe later um and then after that probably another week later week and a half i got an mri and then from all of those results combined together, um, I knew that I had um, breast cancer and it was just like a shock, um, as you can imagine, because here I am like an athlete. I think I'm healthy, like doing everything right. Like you think you're kind of 
immune to, you know, um, disease and, and, and stuff. And it kind of humbles you a little bit. Um, so, you know, after finding out, I was like, okay, well, what, um, what my, what are my next steps? Like, what do I need to do next? Um, and at that point I didn't know if I needed chemo or radiation or not. I wouldn't know that until after surgery. So really, I yeah. didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so I was, you had like, sorry to interrupt. I just, so okay. you, you had this whole like weight pretty much. You just walked every day with this weight of like unknowing. Is that yeah. kind of just how you felt? Like just a thousand pounds on you? I felt like. Or were you like in a daze or like, how did your body react to it? And like your mind react to it? Or has anyone ever asked you that? I think I just tried to compartmentalize the best I could uh-huh. because knowing the information that I knew of having mm-hmm. breast cancer, but not knowing really what the journey would look like for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and still having to come to training and play games, that just I blows my mind. Couldn't I feel like I couldn't really allow myself to to think about the future, mm-hmm. if that makes sense? Because yep. one, I didn't know. Two, um, I still had to like do my job, and. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like. And Tina, like, just so like she, like looking back, like you would have never known this girl was putting in the work. Like you would have, she didn't skip a beat. Like it was for her. Sorry, I'm just going off here, Tony, but I'm just like for you (laughs) to do what you did, like with that information that you had she still came in smiling every day, still came in, worked her ass off. Like, it's just, it's something that's so incomparable. What's the word? Uncomparable? What when you can't imagine? Someone help me. I know I graduated <laughs> from UNC, but. Incomprehensible. But yes, that would be the word you, UVA. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and you're also not adding the fact that she's a professional athlete that's playing a yeah. physical sport every day with. A physical specimen, a vegan. Right? Like it just, it's, it's something when you told us, um, when you, when you told us, I was like, first off, I was like, there's absolutely no way. Secondly, I'm like, how did you hold like the strength that that takes? I just, I know I keep saying that, but like, it's just unbelievable, unbelievable. So kind of walk us through then telling us. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah so just kind of my thought process was like okay don't tell anyone until you know what the next steps are okay um and so I guess from the time of finding out till me telling you guys probably mm-hmm. was about I don't know two to three weeks okay um because I remember we had two games. We played Washington at home in Portland away. Yep. And then we had like a bye week. And so I was like, okay, when that bye week happens, um, because then I, I scheduled my surgery for around that time. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I can, I can be away. I can tell the team, like, I'm not going to be here anymore and it won't be an issue. Like I won't be in training. And I think 
that's another reason I wanted to wait too, because I didn't want like you all to like be thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like have, I don't know. It just felt really weird for me. You were being, um, like, once again, the most selfless person, one of the most selfless people I know. And continue. Uh, yeah, I just didn't really want you guys to have to be, like, worrying about me or, like, what's going to happen, especially, like, I don't know. We all have, like, we have a job to do, and I didn't want that to, like, affect anyone. So I waited to the last possible second to, like, tell the coaching staff to tell, to tell you guys. And, um, yeah, so once I knew that my surgery was coming up and I would just be away for good, well, for however long I need to be away, I was like, okay, you tell them. And originally, like, I wanted to tell you guys over text message, which, you know, <laughs> yeah, back. again, the text message. Back. Back to <laughs> which, Florida. Um, because I was like, crap, like, this is going to be so hard. Like, how do I tell them? But then I was like, no, nah, like, just go in and, and tell them. And um, so, yeah, I feel like before I could even say anything, like, I feel like I, I remember I started like crying because I was mm-hmm. like, it was just so hard to get that out because then it became like very real um because again at that point like I didn't know if how serious the cancer was if I needed chemotherapy if I needed radiation if I could come back Mm -hmm. um and yeah so I told you all and and it was very emotional in the room and I remember everyone giving me a hug and um yeah I think that was probably one of the hardest parts about this whole experience is telling you guys. Wow. So, I mean, for one, as an outsider, your story is incredible. And it's a big reason why I said, me and my mom always joke how women are just the absolute strongest <laughs> ever. And you're clearly exude that. But from, so not to bring myself up, but I, I had um, a nodule on my thyroid that I went through a little bit of a scare. I was lucky enough that it didn't turn into cancer, but went through the whole biopsy thing. And I remember to Joanna's point, like I can't even believe that you were able to hold strength like that. I mean, I was sick to my stomach for a week because people don't realize that either is that when you think someone's telling you you have cancer, you're like, get me in and operate. Like my, my mindset goes to like, let's do it. Like, what do I need to do to fix this right this second? And it's not that simple. So just to be clear, like you had no... Until you went into surgery, there was no discussion about like the optimism, like we feel like we have a good opportunity to just like go in there and get it all. Like, was that part of the discussion or you really truly had to wait till they assessed it in surgery? And then at that point you knew more clear, like, is this going to be a longer battle than, than, you know, how long the battle would actually be kind of So before surgery, I knew based on imaging um, and some testing that it was classified as stage zero um in situ which basically it was um the cancer was only in my milk ducts and it hadn't spread anywhere else um and it was not considered invasive so I think just knowing that information kind of put me at ease because Mm -hmm. it's was the lowest stage Mm -hmm. um but then again like I don't know. It, I was like, I felt some comfort, but not because I still didn't know like if I needed yeah. chemo or not. So I was like, okay, well, it's stage zero. 
Um, but I could still need chemo based on another test that I, they needed to do once they got the cancer. I remember you talking about that one. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, well, I definitely think that put me, um, a lot at ease with the situation and, and kind of helped me feel, um, hopeful, um, and optimistic about everything. Um, and then certainly after surgery, um, I was actually diagnosed at stage one because they did find um, a little bit of invasive cancer. Um, and then I had, and even though it was only on my right side, I, I got a double mastectomy. So I was like, just take them both at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, I did that. And then it yeah, was you just, did, you did that. I did that. And that ass. You did that. There's <laughs> ass. But I do want to say as a plug, because, and, and I hate to make you the, like the example here, but we're talking to someone who's a professional athlete, ladies and gentlemen, she's well, nutrition, healthy as could be check yourself. Do you feel as if you would have gotten yourself checked if Ricky hadn't come and spoken to us? No, I don't think so. Um, I think, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear. Okay. Um, no, I don't. I, I think if Ricky wouldn't have come in to speak to us, I wouldn't have kind of um, connected the two mm -hmm. of me feeling those symptoms and then just kind of her story. Um, because here I am again, thinking I'm, I'm, I'm young, I'm healthy and athletic and um, and you know, we're not even told to get mammograms till we're 40. So I, I just didn't even think that it was happening to me. And then I'm so grateful that she decided to share her experience and what she went through because it certainly led me to go to the doctor. I mean, honestly, thank God. I know. And she herself is a stud. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's truly like, it gives me chills to think about. Um, and I just remember, like, I really clearly remember her conversation because it impacted me a lot. And I was sitting there thinking, I was like, wow, like, you know what? Like, I, I, I do need to check my, like, I, I remember that. Like, I need to look at myself. I need to, to check for things. And it could happen to anyone. She, we saw her, she's fit as a fiddle and, and just, no. I mean, so that's, that's, truly truly amazing so you get your double mastectomy you come back you're on the mend did you were you like I know you're a goal setter were you like I want to play this last game or did you were you just taking things day by day like what was your kind of journey like on the on the back end of things so post-surgery I think my um I guess my initial goal was to come back for next season okay um, I didn't really think that I would be able to come back and play any games because um, I we didn't really have. I think I there's like maybe four or five games left. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, how can I, you know, get, you know, go through this process, go into the off season, try and get, you know, my fitness back mm -hmm. as fit as possible, and then just be prepared for next season. Um, and I think it wasn't until. I realized that um, I didn't need any further treatment, so I didn't need radiation or chemotherapy. That I was like, okay, well, so the surgery at this point is it? Like, mm -hmm. just recover, um, 
and, and as long as you're feeling okay, then just get fit again and get your strength up and see if you can get into training first and foremost. And, um, yeah, I don't, there is, you want to know, you want to know when I was like, she's back. (laughs) We did this one V one drill and like, it was like me and you paired up. So it was like two strong people going against each other. (gasps) Was that when they just threw the balls in there? Yes. And Tony and I literally were just wrestling each other because like no one was always how it goes. Yeah, we were going nowhere. Like, like I'm not quick enough to beat Tony. So I'm like, okay, I gotta body her. And she was like, Well, I'm gonna body you. And I was like, so they were like, okay, like dead. Like going on for like 20 seconds because it was like shielding. We were like trying to get past each other. You're like, where's the ball? Yeah, we're like, where's the ball? we didn't get anywhere, so they were just like, okay, dead, next next group. I, re- I remember that game. That game was wild. We it were like, wild. Oh, one, and they would just chuck a ball in there, and then, you know, the first I almost got in a it. fight. Oh, my God. It I was going to fight with Alika. <laughs> it was intense. It was intense, but it was fun, and I remember being like, God, I love competing with Tony. Like, I literally remember, like, him calling dead and being like, hell yeah Tony like (laughs) let's go let's go um so just now that you're back you're you're feeling good kind of uh, try to explain your emotions as you're subbing in um last game am I right on that I mean I was just like okay like you're going in uh don't mess up. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was kind of a weird day because I, I, I don't know. I tried not to put too much pressure on it. And, um, and I just tried to make it, you know, just like a normal game day. Mm-hmm. So do all the normal things on my normal routines and eat the same things. And, um, just kind of like be around you guys again was just awesome. And to be in the locker room again. And, mm-hmm. um, I didn't even, I didn't expect to go in the game. Um, and, um, I don't know. I kind of just like was there like cheering everyone on and like supporting everyone. And, and then he called my name and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, this is like a real thing. Um, so I was just like, okay, well, here you go. Like, just, I don't know, just go out there and just do what you do and, um, do your best. And that's, that's all you can ask of yourself really. Yeah. Well, on well, behalf of a teammate and a friend who loves to watch you play your little home improvement games online on your apps, <laughs> to see you step back on the field, even though I was half exhausted, <laughs> I nearly teared up. And just, I know I said it again, but you just epitomize strength. You epitomize women. You are the the perfect person to you know be able to come out on the other side and the strength that you held is just truly incredible Tina, do you want to say anything on that yeah I mean I it's it's kind of as an outsider knowing kind of your story but now hearing it from you like and Joanna giving me a little bit of the ends I think just like (laughs) the strength you exuded just through the process and then to even have the ability to get back on the field is again, why I say like a lot of the women in this league are what inspire me to pursue excellence in another, my next journey, my next career. Um, with, on that note, 
I would like to move to the future. Obviously, you're back, which is amazing. Um, with the new hairstyle. With the new hairstyle, looking great. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, I think from all, me and Joanna, I think Orlando, you know, it's unfortunate you guys couldn't participate in the bubble this year. Um, but I think there was also a lot of high expectations for your team. So I think it's, you know, from a fan perspective, it was unfortunate just to see like, what this year this year's team is going to was going to do um obviously we know next year it'll probably be a little different hopefully not too different um with some of your players overseas but coming back and a lot of moving parts um so what are your expectations for the pride going into 2021 um and more specifically yourself kind of probably i would imagine using these games as tune-ups to kind of prepare yourself and get back in rhythm um, but also, you know, obviously you guys hadn't played in some real games for a bit. So what's, what are your expectations going into next season? Going into next season, I, I, I think we'll be really competitive and do really well. I, and I say that because um, at the beginning of this season, in our preseason, um, and going into the Challenge Cup, uh, we were looking and feeling really good. And I was like, whoa, like, like we have something here. Um, and then obviously, you know, not to be able to kind of display that and, and show that through performance at the Challenge Cup was very disappointing. And um, and then, you know, just not having a lot of pieces here, you know, for a lot of reasons are going overseas to play, which is great to get different experience, um, which is good for players here too, because it allows there are younger ones to to gain experience as well to learn um, as much as they can and 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 to play in, in these games in high pressure moments. Um, so I think it, that's really good as well, and especially in this fall series, um, you know they're getting they're getting game time experience and that they otherwise probably wouldn't. Um, and I think that can only help us grow as a team, um, especially you know as national team players come in and out of the squad um, to have people have the ability to step up in those moments is going to be key for us. Um, I think personally going into 2021, um, you know, I just, I want to be as fit as possible. Um, I think this year has been really wild (laughs) for a lot of reasons. So There were moments where, like, you know, I couldn't, I had to quarantine, uh, so my fitness was a bit off. We weren't able to play together. We did, we weren't having games, so um, I feel like, you know, it's just really imperative that I use this offseason to get as good as possible um, and, and just to be able to contribute as much as I can to the team. Yeah, I texted, um, I uh, came home from coaching when you guys were playing and I turned the game on and I saw that blonde tackle and I said, yes, Tony's back. I texted her and I was like, yes, girl, you get that tackle. I was like, oh, it was, it made my heart so happy to see, but we're going to do rapid fire questions. But Tony, I just want to say the one thing that I miss the most is your perfectly weighted balls into the six who then plays it out wide. I think about that a lot. It's like you play the most perfect pass in to the six. 
that you're like, you know what? You can take a one touch. You could take a two touch. You could take whatever type of touch you want. Cause my pass is perfect right into you. <laughs> I just want you to say, as I've retired, I've thought about that. And that's one of the things that I miss. Thank uh, you, Joe. You're so welcome. Okay. So we're going to do a little rapid fire. So it's about six questions. Just boom. Okay. okay. All right. Favorite coffee drink. Uh, um, you can take your time. Like, you don't have to, like, be, like, crazy fast with it. I'm like, I'm not doing rapid fire. Joanna gets really aggressive with the question. I do. Favorite coffee drink. Favorite coffee drink. Go. Um, favorite coffee drink. Um, cappuccino, coconut milk. Oh, okay. Nice. Describe yourself in three words. And it doesn't have to be rapid. We can be chill with this. Um, okay. Um, shy, compassionate, and artsy. Ooh, yes. Mm, yes, you are. Okay. <laughs> Favorite NWSL team to play? Ooh, um, my favorite NWSL team to play, I think, would be North Carolina just because, you know, they're just... They're just North Carolina. They're just North Carolina. Nice. Nothing needs to be said on that. Yeah, that's just period. North Carolina, period. Current favorite takeout? um so ethos have you been there yet well okay so it's a vegan place in orlando they have the best like breakfast brunch so yeah and they're on uber eats so that makes it super healthy yeah okay television show you've recently binged shit's freak oh my god david he's the best (laughs) he's the best i was hoping you were gonna say that tony i was hoping you were gonna say that alexis that's a whole nother conversation yes okay and last one favorite current or former teammate joe ah okay real one (laughs) uh i don't know i mean i like everyone i feel like that's the awesome thing about like soccer even though like you don't really know people and then you get to get on teams with them mm-hmm. I don't know. i'll answer it for you i think it's going to be your russian american friend okay cool just in the sense that you know she she took you under her wing in russia and you really found a new sense of self thank you for that is that wrong uh no i think it all could as we told the last guest it could change by the day it can change by the day i think <laughs> it could change by the day it right. could be it the one v one battles and training and if i won or not Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It all, we'll ask you again tomorrow and it'll change. Okay, perfect. Um, well, Dog, thank you so thank you. very much. I am so happy we had you on. Um, I know we kind of got into some deep stuff, but I just, it. I think it's important for people to once again realize what an amazing human being you are and to hear it from the source, I think is just so impactful. Um, so thank you so much for being on two wash ups, one pro. Tone uh teen, you got anything to add? No. Uh thank you, ladies. And um yeah, if you're I don't know, just be aware of the changes in your body and go to the doctor early and often. For sure. For anything. Yes. Especially you heard it from, here from, from Tony. Go to the doctor. We thank you. We love you. Peace out. Peace out.